This is Wealth with Wisdom with Steve Vascard and Vanessa Sexton from Wealth and Retirement Strategies. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Steve and Vanessa provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Wealth with Wisdom with Steve Vascard and Vanessa Sexton. Hello and welcome back to Wealth with Wisdom. My name is Vanessa Sexton with Wealth and Retirement Strategies along with Steve Vascard. If you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, just give us a call at 865-691-1211 or visit us online at wealthwithwisdom.com. And while at the website, click on the radio page to check out past shows and to subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions or to set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. As I'm sure comes as no surprise for those of you listening to today, 401ks are an essential part of retirement planning for many Americans. If you don't have a 401k yourself, I'm sure you've heard plenty about them as you've worked on your own retirement strategy. Because of their importance, there's been many times that people have reached out to us in a panic because they think they've made 401k strategy errors. In some cases, there really was an error, and in other cases, the person was worried over nothing at all. So on today's show, we're going to take a closer look at some common 401k mistakes and what you can do to avoid them. But before we get into today's topic, let me introduce my co-host, my co-toast. You like the co-toast, Tony Shore? Co-toast. Co-toast. I, I like toast, uh, yeah, you know, too. with a little bit of butter or jam, I like peanut it. butter. Co-toast. Good. Well, I'm the co-toast. Tony, the, <laughs> Tony, I think you got Tony and host there. Yeah. Co-host, to- co-toast Tony. Toast Tony. Tony, so, the co-toast talker. Well, <laughs> I'll, just call, I'll just call you Tony. That's probably better. It's a bit of a tongue twister, I but think so. you guys have lined up a great topic for us today. I mean, 401ks, come on. I don't know anyone who doesn't have a 401k. Right. Almost everyone, at least I know, has a 401k, unless you work for the government and are fortunate enough to still have a pension. But my wife and I each have 401ks, the people, my coworkers, of course, uh, or 403bs, some type of employee-sponsored retirement plan. And there are a lot of misconceptions. I think people just kind of, the money gets taken out and they forget about it and they don't really know what's going on. So I'm glad you guys are going to give us some tips and avoiding some mistakes today uh, because I think it's a natural source of anxiety if people don't know what's happening within their 401k or what that money's doing or if it'll be enough. Well, I agree with that, Tony. We're going to be talking about an article from The Balance It's called 401 Mistakes You Didn't Know You Were Making. So what you don't know is what you don't know. And it nicely spells out some of the most common mistakes and what you can do to avoid them. The first common mistake is simply not thoroughly understanding your retirement needs. Admittedly, figuring out how much money you'll need to maintain your preferred lifestyle during retirement isn't easy but it's essential. And frankly, a surprising number of people head into retirement without an understanding of how much income they'll really need to enjoy 
and how much and how long that income needs to last. Rather, they simply survive in their retirement. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to just survive. You want to have a comfortable retirement and know where you're at. I think that's a fair point. So how does somebody go about getting a good picture of exactly how much income they're going to need during retirement, Steve? Well, you should crunch the numbers annually at a minimum. Even if you aren't entirely sure how you want your retirement to look, running a budget estimates can still help you gain a sense of where your finances are right now and whether or not you're likely to have the money you need for your various retirement goals. But ultimately, you should ask yourself what financial freedom means to you because there isn't a one-size-fits-all definition. Generally, financial professionals encourage most folks to plan on replacing roughly 70 to 90% of their pre-retirement income to maintain a good lifestyle. But if we have 8% inflation, that number may have to be a little bit higher than that. Yeah, you think? Well, uh, you know, I think there are a lot of ways or some ways at least people can run those numbers, but I think it's a really good reason to work with a financial services professional to figure that out if you're not already doing it. And even if you are, get a second opinion, right, Vanessa? I would completely agree with that, Tony. And um, and we're here for you if you need one. So moving on in the article, the next common 401k mistake that can come back to haunt you is saving too little. And don't be fooled by an auto enrollments either. While many employers automatically enroll new employees in their company 401k plan, the amount may not be enough to help you reach your personal retirement goals in your preferred time frame. Commonly, amount saved in a 401k is about 6%. And even if you add the 3% match that many companies provide, you may still find yourself running behind on how much you need to be saving for retirement. Clearly, not saving anything at all for retirement is a massive red flag. But not saving enough also imperils your dreams and visions for retirement and then how long you're going to have to work. Okay. So if somebody figures out how much they're going to need, what if they have a shortfall? Are they just out of luck or are there things they can do to get on the right track? Well, it's not necessarily a, a disaster, Tony, as long as you're honest with yourself about what the numbers are telling you and are then disciplined enough to make the necessary changes. And look, it can be dawning when the numbers are telling that you have to start saving more money, but it's it's possible some relatively modest tweaks here and there could have you feeling better where you're headed. Now, we had a client in, in this exact situation. He had a timeline of when he wanted to retire. We really looked at it, and he just couldn't do it. Uh, we came up, we helped him come up with a plan. It took a little bit of discipline, but it would get him right back on track so he could retire and have the lifestyle that he had hoped for. Ah, okay. Yeah. And that's, I think that's key as well. And I'm sure uh, a lot of our listeners are probably nervous to think that they have to ramp up their savings, but you mentioned some modest tweaks. Uh, What do you have for us? What can we do? Well, a good idea is to sit down and really dig into your spending plan for a thorough review. Can you make some changes to that spending plan that would allow you to increase what you're contributing to your 401k plan? Next, why not cement your commitment to saving more money by making it automatic? 
Many 401k plans include contribution rate escalators that empower you to automatically increase your contributions over time. A rule of thumb is to save 15% of your retirement in, uh, of your income. And again, a retirement calculator will allow you to visualize how even a few small changes can increase your odds of achieving the kind of retirement you dream about when you close your eyes and lean back in your chair during a busy workday. Well, Steve, that's a great visual. I mean, even if you love your job, I think there are times when, hey, the phone's ringing off the hook, the emails are flying in and out of your inbox, and then you start just daydreaming about your future retirement, right? Yes, I do that often. But, but. <laughs> Not <laughs> yes. during the show, though, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. But let's just don't let those daydreams be the only kind of retirement planning that you're doing, because I'm, that happens a lot as well craft a budget and stick to it and most importantly get to work with a financial services professional like ourselves ah yeah i think that's key uh and uh it's important now do you have anything else for us uh in fact why don't we take a minute to let our listeners out there know how they can get a hold of you and set up that complimentary no cost no obligation consultation well, that would be wonderful. They can give us a call at 865-691-1211. Go to our website, check us out, contact us that way. That's wealthwithwisdom.com or shoot shoot me an email. It's Vanessa at wealthwithwisdom.com. Any of those would work, Tony. All right. That sounds great. Now, we're talking about, uh, we've been looking at uh, common 401k mistakes, uh, right? Uh, what can we do? Uh, where should we go from here, Vanessa? Well, during the show so far, we have been talking about the 401 mistakes and, and how we can what we can do to avoid those. So according to Newsweek, 60 million Americans utilize 401k plans in 2020. Wow. I know. And while many financial professionals would like to see that number climb even higher, 60 million is certainly no small figure, Tony. Yeah, and I bet a, a good portion of those 60 million are probably... Uh, trying to figure out uh, or worrying about whether or not they're going to get everything right when it comes to their 401k and retirement investment. So, uh, Steve, do you have anything else to help out? Well, yeah, let's go back to that article in the balance. It next holds up ignoring fees as the next common 401k mistake that you should work hard to avoid. The bottom line is that fees and related expenses should always be top of mind. While your 401k balance itself is what will ultimately decide how much income you receive, it's also true that fees and expenses can work together to dilute your growth potential. You should also note that 401k fees typically fall into three different categories as defined by the Department of Labor. Labor, plan administration fees, investment fees, and individual service fees. And thankfully, the financial services industry has improved how fees are disclosed. But it's fair to say that it can be challenging for the average person to determine just how much, how much are really forking over in both fees and expenses within their 401k plan. Well, sure. And obviously, that's important. Uh, you know, and I think a lot of people uh, are concerned about that, or maybe they don't even realize they have fees in their 401ks. 
but all of us are concerned or, uh, you know, about fees and expenses, making sure we're not paying too much. So what's the solution, Vanessa? I, comp- I completely agree on all of this. We have so many appointments where we as financial services professionals have a hard time determining what someone is paying in fees. So I don't think it's really set up for the for the consumer to know sometimes. But here are some some steps and things that we can do because that's what we're here for. So regularly review your 401k documents to try and determine exactly how much you're paying. So when you get those, read them over. Don't just throw them away or file them away. Sure. Larger plans can often have smaller expenses. You may also want to use the fund analyze tool that's provided by the financial industry regulatory authority, more commonly referred to simply as FINRA. If you're hanging on to an older 401k plan from a previous employer, and a lot of people are, make sure that you compare the fees you're paying within your current plan to better help you decide if it might be wise to make a 401k or IRA rollover. So, so look at those old plans that you're holding on to and look at the fees and see if it might be advantageous to you to do a rollover. We oh. are tongue-tied today. I, what's up with this? <laughs> well, rollovers are, rollovers are important. They are uh, important. Obvi- uh, obviously. And it, you've talked about that on previous shows that they're a, f- a smart financial move, but also they can be a bit tricky. So uh, if you're even considering one, you want to be working with a financial services professional. Uh, that's exactly right. And the next potential mistake to be on the lookout for is overemphasizing being in company stock. As the article explains, one of the biggest potential disadvantages to holding employer stock in your 401k plan is that a significant holdings may increase the potential for volatility within your retirement portfolio. According to the article, fewer plans are utilizing company stock for matching contributions, but there are still a significant number of employers that give their workers the choice to invest in the corporate stock within their 401k plan. Interesting. Well, yeah, I bet a lot of people do. Like if a company is really big in a certain area and a lot of people in that area work for the company and it's a publicly traded company and it's a bigger company, uh, a lot of those employees might have uh, uh, too much company stock in one sense. You know, they may have all their eggs in one basket, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's never good. And I don't want to sound like a broken record, but you you got to understand all the investment components of your four hundred one k plan and your investments for retirement. Right, and as the article explains. Determine how much risk you're exposed to in your four hundred one k plans includes company stock. The article notes that you may want to keep your total exposure to any individual stock to roughly 10 to 15% of your total retirement portfolio. Right. So, uh, you know what? Uh, Looking at these individual investment components, again, is another solid reason to work with a financial services professional. So our listeners should give you a call because uh, it's no charge, no obligation. You're willing to talk with them have that initial consultation to see where they're at, right? Exactly, exactly. Yes, don't do the head in the sand kind of thing. I couldn't agree more, Tony. 
While we do bring up investing on our show because it's a large part of retirement for many people, we also try and avoid getting too far into specifics because we just don't have the time and space during an episode to really dig into all the rules and nuances that come with investing. It's complex. Yeah. But to get to the heart of the matter, if investing is part of your financial strategy, it is, in my opinion, vital to work with a financial services professional. On that note, let's take one more high-level look at investing because the article's next common 401k mistake is failing to rebalance your investments. It's no great revelation to note that investments rise and fall over time. As the article tells us, the general rule of thumb with asset allocation is to make sure as much as possible that certain assets don't constantly rise and fall together. Accordingly, the article further explains your strategy should be to diversify across the different asset classes because diversifying minimizes or lessens risk. To that end, the article presents using an automatic rebalancing program if one is offered in your 401k as a potential strategy. If you don't have that option, you may want to consider investing in a target date retirement fund or asset allocation in mutual funds that will allow you to take a more hands-on approach to rebalancing your portfolio. But again, let me re-emphasize the importance of working closely with the financial services professional on your investment strategy. Yeah, exactly. You're starting to sound like me there. Uh, What's another mistake, Steve, that we should be on the lookout for? Well, it's a serious mistake that many people fall victim to is wasting opportunities for matching funds. At its most basic, matching funds are simply additional income provided by your employer. If your employers offer a match on any percentage of your contribution, you should strongly consider contributing at least enough to get the maximum company match. So this year, if your contribution limit is 20,500 or 27,000, if you're 50 or older, take time to review your benefits plan to see if your employer provides a match and if so, how much it is. If you're already contributing enough to receive the match, don't hesitate to contribute above the match if you can do so. Right. And there you go. And so uh, you, you want to make sure that you take advantage of a company match. I mean, you guys have really driven that point home with me and our listeners uh, over the shows because that's free money, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, that's one of the biggest, I think, that's one of the biggest 401k mistakes you can make because what you guys are saying and what you just said there, Steve, is you've got to put in uh, the, uh, the minimum amount you should be putting into your 401k is enough to get the maximum contribution from your company because that's free money and it's going to grow uh, with compounding interest. So that's huge. It's huge. Well, and you know, that's got to be one of the biggest mistakes, Vanessa. And so Uh, what do you have for us next? What's another 401k mistake we should look at? Well, Tony, I'd like to change things up and focus on something that a number of clients have brought up to me through the years, finding a new job after turning 50. So at around age 50, plenty of people have the goal of simply hunkering down in their current role and waiting it out until retirement. But others may want a new challenge after turning 50. And there's an AARP article, The Five Secrets of Getting Hired After 50. 
It has some very useful information. As the article notes, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, in January of this year, there were about 11.3 million jobs waiting to be filled. That may mean the time is right to switch jobs, even if you're older than 50. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great topic and a bit of a switch from 401ks, but you're right. This is important. And you know, turning 50 shouldn't mean you, your career is officially stalled. Many 50-year-olds still have unmet professional goals that they're eager to go for. Right, Steve? That's certainly a good point, Tony. The first step in finding a new gig or job after turning 50 is to age-proof your resume. You probably already know that you shouldn't include graduation dates on your resume because that's an easy way for employers to figure out your age. But did you also know that including your full physical address as well as an older email account like AOL or Yahoo can also signal to hiring manager that you're an older applicant? Because some older workers are less tech savvy, not me, than your younger counterparts, they can often make mistakes on resumes. Be sure to spend a few minutes online looking for examples of what many hiring managers are looking for right now when it comes to resumes. More than likely, some quick and easy edits will give your resume an updated, polished look. You may also want to consider limiting your job experience to include only your last 15 years. Many employers are less concerned with the skills and experience from two three decades ago than they are <laughs> with the work that you're doing today. Oh, that cracks me up. So so don't put what you were doing back in 1965 and do not put your AOL email address on there, Tony. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's crazy. Uh, yes. That, that's crazy. Well, I mean, if you have a 30-year career, I can understand the urge to want to tout all of that experience, but I can also see how listing your first job from three decades ago can can date your resume i guess right you think so i think so we've we've had clients in here before and they tell us their email and it's like aol and and my mind goes there so i i understand that tip don't put your aol email address but next make sure that you're doing everything you can to prominently highlight your job skills increasing your resumes are screened by sophisticated computer software long before they hit a hiring manager's computer. That means you need a strategy to defeat software that's looking to filter candidates out. You know, like uh, popular words at the moment, put those in your resume and you can actually Google what those are. And to that end, be certain your resume and your cover letter contain the important keywords. There we go. The keywords that are often focused on more on your current skills rather than your previous job positions and achievements back in your younger years. For example, if the word design is used multiple times in the job posting, make sure it's also used multiple times on your resume. It may also be a smart play to customize your resume for every job you apply to. Taking particular care to, again, change important keywords. Don't simply keep one resume on your computer and submit it verbatim to every job that interests you. Right. Yeah, there you go. And that's a great idea. I mean, just robotically submitting the same resume for every job you're interested in, that could come back to haunt you. So 
hey, take the 10 or 15 minutes to tailor it to the specific role you're interested in and applying for is obviously the way to go. Yes, Tony, I agree 100%. And the next bit of advice is to reach out to the younger folks who are part of your professional network. As you look to make a transition, don't simply reach out to and rely on the people in your network who are roughly your own age. Younger colleagues may have different and valuable perspectives, and they may be able to help connect you with people they know at companies and organizations that interest you. Perhaps most importantly, get to know your younger colleagues. See what they're interested in and how they work. Doing so may help you keep excited about your own industry you're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, you, that's true. Uh, and you have such a great experience. Uh, that's that's really important to note too, Steve. So, um, you know, I think it's something that a lot of people may, maybe they haven't considered before. We all have a natural tendency to socialize with people our own age. But the truth here is our young colleagues can actually teach us quite a bit as well, apparently. I completely agree. They can. I mean, there's something to learn from everyone. But rightly or wrongly, your appearance also matters when interviewing for a job after you've turned 50. I think it matters no matter what. But once you've turned 50, in fact, the article notes that some research indicates that when hiring managers interviewed people face to face, there were as much as 40 percent less likely to hire an older worker than they were a younger worker with the same skills. Research also suggests that delaying meeting in person with hiring managers for as long as possible may also be a shrewd move. Wow them via email and with your phone skills and experience and then confidently walk into an in-person meeting. Remember, as an older worker, you're valuable and important and the right company is going to be only too eager to hire you. Yeah. Good points, one and all. So whether it's 401ks or uh, what to do once you turn 50, I think that's a, a, a big uh, concern for a lot of folks out there. I know uh, I'm in that age category, not uh, not sorry to admit it, uh, but it can be harder to uh, find work, continue the job, and know what to do. Thanks for that, uh, but we're out of time. Uh, is there anything else you want to add before we have to go today? Yes, so we talked about the the common 401k mistakes, uh, changing careers after 50. They go together. So if you've got that old 401k and you've moved on to a new career after 50, give us a call and we can we can actually help you with that. If you have concerns about inflation or how your budget can ad- address inflation, I encourage you to visit our website at wealthwithwisdom.com or call the office at 865-691-1211. Uh, to discuss how our team might be able to answer your questions and address your concerns. It's our goal to help you prepare for the retirement that you've worked so hard for. All right. And that okay. does it for today's episode. Uh, that does it uh, for our hosts, Vanessa Sexton and Steve Vaskart. Thank you, Thank you Tony. Thank you for listening to Wealth with Wisdom. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Steve Vasgard and Vanessa Sexton at Wealth and Retirement Strategies. Call 865-357-4024 or visit them online at wealthwithwisdom.com. 
Steve Vastgard, Vanessa Sexton, and Wealth and Retirement Strategies are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.